The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. We are going higher indeed, everyone. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Biaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, and we are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Jerry. Yes. We (laughs) are live as in. We are live. We didn't die. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what, what a couple of days it's been here on the old ranch. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I know. Oh, boy. The, the, the trip Ooh. into the station today, actually, most <laughs> of the drive wasn't so bad. But when I got here to the building that houses the fabulous iHeart Studios facility here, <laughs> the entire parking lot was covered in like, yeah. I mean, it's got to be a in, half inch or more sheet of ice over the entire parking lot. I thought I was oh. home free when I got here. Oh wow! Yeah, till that, right? Right, and it's like I'm I'm trying so hard just to be able to get into a parking space and get the vehicle, you know, in yeah. and not hit anybody else. It was, oh my it was god, nuts. it can be treacherous. It really can. Oh my gosh, you made me think of back a few years ago. And let me bring Dewan Bennett in on this conversation because I love this man and his laugh, Doctor. I almost said Doctor. Yeah, Doctor Dewan. He is Doctor Dewan. <laughs> Doctor Dewan. Doctor Doctor. <laughs> He gave you that news. See, there you go. He's, see that giggle? I got to bring him in. <laughs> That's a good giggle. Hey, oh, hey, my God. Hey, Dave, I'm like you. Everywhere you go, the roads are good, and then you go into a parking lot. It's like, what? Oh, yeah. Like, what is well, going on? Well, that's why I drive a Subaru. <laughs> you can do anything in a Subaru. Did you know that? <laughs> anything. <I've heard. laughs> no, I've got all-wheel drive, and I, I uh, you know, I went out yesterday and the day before because, you know, I like to keep my skills up to par. And now I didn't do anything dangerous, and I didn't put anybody else in danger. You but didn't make I any did. donuts in a parking lot somewhere on the ice. I did on my own parking lot. I have a big uh, yeah, parking <laughs> lot on my property. Uh, you've never been here, but Dewan has. You know what I'm talking about, right, Dewan? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the, yes. She, 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 she has, I don't know, like you said, you've never been there, but Vern's house is phenomenal. Uh, oh, thank she's you. She's like on this, on, on, on this acres. It's like, a, it's like a plantation of like just trees and pool and space for pets to run around and yeah helicopter and pads helicopter pad well it, that's that's because you my house helicopter is a, pad? my house is as yeah. big as my first husband's ego <laughs> I, had, I had no decision in any of it except french doors in my bedroom you know <laughs> i mean you got well there that. you go yeah, so, you know, I didn't design this house. And, you know, I think one of the reasons I have so many animals is to give it a purpose so that it's basically like an animal rescue. And I recently rescued another little animal. We're going to be talking about it tomorrow. Um, and uh, we'll see what the story will unfold. But, yeah, so I have to tell you. So, Dewan, you were on the air with me years ago, and I don't know if you remember this story, but this is when we were on at 6 in the morning, okay, on iHeart on mm-hmm. 1190. And everybody else stayed at the Intercontinental. I didn't know that. I was just dumb. And so, you know, I left the house at like 3 o'clock to get there by kickoff, 6 6 a.m. 
And I was driving a, a Porsche Panamera at the time, which is the worst car you could possibly be driving. And the snow was just as bad. I know they said record um, snow in Dallas, but I'm not so sure. And I don't remember what year it was. But it was probably, I'm going to say, six or seven years ago. And I made it safely, but I have to tell you, I was going sideways down 635 multiple times, and I was only driving like 15 to 20 miles an hour. So I almost kissed the ground when I got there, except I was afraid my, my lips would stick to the snow. <laughs> to the ice. <laughs> but yeah. Like the Christmas story? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The what now? The Christmas story? Yeah, where Which, he sticks <laughs> his tongue on the flagpole? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Stick on the flagpole and oh, my God. That. That yeah. totally works, by the way, folks. Do not do that. Oh, yeah, it does. Don't do it. Don't ever do that. Don't ever think, oh, it doesn't really do that. It does do that. I was just outside smacking my trees with my shovel trying to get the ice off of them because um, I don't know about where you guys are in the Metroplex, but here in uh, in Sunnyvale, my trees are uh, have a lot of ice on them, and one of them kind of just not completely broke, but it is like barely hanging on, so I had to get out there with a shovel and de-ice it. I heard a statistic today. That kind of blew my mind. I mean, I know trees were heavier when they had ice in them, but apparently uh-huh. trees are 30, 3, 0, 30 times heavier when they have ice in them in an ice storm. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. I'm just hoping my magnolias have been through a lot, and I also have palm trees on my property, which I didn't know this. No wonder I have a mice and a rat problem on my property because mice and rat loves love palm trees. Did you know that? Yeah, they make no, like um, nest material. <laughs> Well, I don't know what they do, but they love it. And then, you know, I've got all my birds. You should see all the birds. I bought special seed for them with the fat in it so they can survive this weather. I planned ahead, and I went and um, got some. I put a picture of one of the cardinals that was on my property or that is on my property. Honest to God, you guys, he was she, he. I think it was a... I think it was the ones that are uh, more red are the males, right? The bright reds are males, yes. Okay. Well, this was a one chubby male. I mean, he had enough fat on him to last him till spring, I swear. Speaking of which, it's Groundhog Day today. What's what's the news? Uh, Six more weeks of winter. Six more. Oh, damn it, Jim. Six more. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, but Puxatani Phil doesn't have the greatest record of all time. Oh, he doesn't? If if, if weathermen were as accurate as Puxatani Phil, they'd be fired. Yeah. What was the name of that old movie where they played golf and the uh, ground the groundhogs kept coming up? What was the name oh, of that movie? Oh, that's um um uh, uh <laughs> I wish I was there. I'd smack you on the back gummit. of that. I could have told you if you hadn't asked me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's so yeah, great to I, be I, here it is. I, What's I the name no of idea. it? You have no, yeah, because you're just you're just a youngin. <laughs> you're just you're just like you're young, um, but uh, it's always great to have you here with us, Dewan. He'll think of it. Jerry always thinks of it. Caddyshack. The, Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Yeah. 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 One of the. I'm all, I'm all right. right. <laughs> Ain't got to worry about me. I love Dancing that song. Gopher. Yeah, yeah, the Dancing Gopher. You have to play. Do you, you think you can get your hands on that song and we can play it? Um. So I can. Uh, I can try. Oh yeah. All right, well, you know what? Do it. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how to spot controlling people, 13 behaviors to look for with Dewan Bennett. Everybody stay tuned. Hopefully, should I give you another minute to try to find it, Jerry? I went to break kind of quick. Oh, okay. you want me to play it? Just, yeah. you know, just talk to him. You still got you like, find- you know, three minutes before we got to go to All break right, three anyway. Three minutes. 
Okay, well, let me officially introduce Dewan. For those of you maybe listening for the first time, Dewan Bennett is a licensed professional counselor with two master's degrees and over 14 years of counseling experience. He currently has his own practice, Dewan Bennett Counseling in Dallas, Texas, and he believes that the key to mental and behavioral, I can hear it, success is the ability to master self-awareness and emotional control. You can find Dewan on Instagram at d.bennett underscore counseling or his website, dbennettcounseling.com. Counseling.com. I think I heard it. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm hallucinating. But I thought I heard a little the melody in the background. No, I think it? I was typing Burn. out the melody as I'm looking for it. Ah, Burn okay. is ready for the song. Like she's I'm ready yeah, for no the song. For it. It's one of my favorite songs. It's like a, I don't know. You know the song we're talking about, Dewan? I believe I do. But Burn, I have a question while we're, while we're waiting. Okay. Uh, I know, you're, I, know you're, I know your baby left for school. How has how, she been? How's that transition? Good. Been? I, I, I'm actually doing quite well. I, uh, you know, um, I'm doing very well. I'm very, very well with it, I might add. Adjusting very nicely. You know, I forgot what it's like to be me, to just be me by myself, you know. <laughs> and so I don't, have to, I don't have to cook if I don't want to, and I have a lot less laundry. And, yes, I do miss her, but when you have children, you understand that someday you – you do have to let go and not be controlling, which is what we're talking about today, how to spot controlling people. But, yeah, um, I miss her, but I am totally digging, you know, being burn again, like old school burn. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah, no, this girl, I know how to have fun in any kind of weather. It doesn't matter to me, but uh, yeah, but uh, hopefully you'll find the song, and when we come back, we'll have some fun with it. Either way, stay tuned, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, Parakeet. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. All right, everyone. Oh, I am enjoying this show so much. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Dewan Bennett. We are continuing our live broadcast. 
here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Okay, Dewan Bennett is a licensed professional counselor with two master's degrees and over 14 years of counseling experience. He believes the key to mental and behavioral success is the ability to master self-awareness and emotional control. He currently has his own practice, Dewan Bennett Counseling, here in Dallas, Texas. And you can find Dewan on Instagram at d.bennett underscore counseling. And that's uh, two N's and two T's. That's B-E-N-N-E-T-T underscore counseling or his website, dbennettcounseling.com. Okay, Dewan, how to spot controlling people, 13 behaviors to look for. What does it mean to be controlling? I think when you're looking at, when we're talking about controlling, we're talking about somebody who is looking to take control of your decision-making or your time or your actions or your life. They're literally trying to take control. And what controlling looks like, you know, as far as, like, relationship standpoint, it could be someone who, you know, always wants to know where you're going or what you're doing and things of that nature. But it doesn't always have to be physical abuse. I think when people think of somebody who's controlling, they think of somebody who is physically hitting them or mm-hmm. doing them as, or, or uh, punching them, scratching them as a means of intimidation. And that's not usually the case. It can happen in very passive ways. So somebody who is controlling, they're looking to take control of your time, uh, your finances, your day-to-day behaviors as a sense of having a better sense of control for themselves. So, yeah. Well, I, I say it goes even further than that. I don't have it in front of me. I should, but the wheel of abuse, uh, this this controlling uh, uh, even religion, your religious beliefs, right? Trying to influence every single aspect of your uh, life. We're going to get into that as we go through this discussion, but what do you think about what I just said, Dewan? Oh, I would agree 100%, Byron. And not to mention, you know, and this we, this may get us in trouble some people, I think religion has been used as a means of controlling people. I think, unfortunately, uh, people take this, 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 these, these scripts and this message, and instead of using it in a positive way, I think sometimes they use it as a means to keep people from doing the things that they don't want them to do. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, religion is used. I think education can be used. I think anything can be used to control people when it's something that you identify that they value or they believe in. And that's mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing is people will find something that you value and, and you believe in, and they will use it to control you if, if they have bad, you know, if they, if they want to, if they have bad intentions. Well, let's add, let's add, I'm an expert in this field. Uh, let's add, <laughs> <laughs> let's add personal information to that list. You know, I've, I've experienced that where people will take, even girlfriends will take personal information that they have on you and use it against you. And we all kind of are kind of sort of when we get into an argument, maybe a little prone to it because it's an easy uh, hit below the belt, if you will, you know, to take personal information and use it against someone. And um, I can tell you whenever I do it or attempt to do it, I always put myself in check and go, wait a minute, you can't do that. And that comes from, I think, being more mindful and not 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 want you can't really get to know somebody if you have the kind of mindset where you're collecting information on them so you can use it to control them. Am I making sense? It makes 100 percent sense. And that is also a way of of controlling people. You know, it's rather you you blackmail them sometimes, you know, it's like you have this information about them. And as a result. You may not ever say out loud to them, like, hey, if you don't do this for me, I'm going to tell everybody your business. But what you do is you start asking more things of that person and asking them to do questions because you know something about them that you know they don't want to get out. And so I think it's the hard thing about it is you have people in your lives who say they care and they have good intentions for you, 
but if they have information that they believe can hurt you in some type of way or that can they can use to control you they will use that and and that's unfair yeah, no, it is. I mean, it could be something as simple as, you know, somebody sees you eat a, eat a couple of chocolate bars a week or something like that. And and they say, well, you know, if you complain, oh, gosh, I'm feeling chubby or whatever, they say, well, you maybe ought to not uh, lay off those chocolate bars. You know what I'm saying? It could be something as innocent or as simple as that. But And, and, to, and to some people, it can be a much a more severe degree of manipulation. But I definitely think it's something to keep in mind during this discussion. So, so you know, um, Jerry, do you want to say anything at all before I go on? to the next question well i mean the only thing that comes to 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 mind to me is there's uh, a saying that i learned that was uh love is giving someone the ability to utterly destroy you and then trusting them not to Mm -hmm. yeah no that's true because that intimacy when you're when you're able to let your hair down and share all your personal information even your history can be um very scary because people can uh, do do wrong with with that information, right? They can really hurt you. They could destroy you with it. But I guess only if you let them. And that's why, you know, I think it's so nice when people do, um, you know, a celebrity, let's say, you know, says, oh, I struggle with depression or, uh, you know, I was a coke addict or whatever their, their secret is, right? When you, There shouldn't be secrets. We should all be able to uh, have compassion for one another and listen to one another. Not to right? mention I'm a really easy target. Not yeah. that I've done a lot of bad things. I'm just that that's not what I'm saying. It's just, you know, yeah, it, you know, I'm not my own biggest fan. So it's, it's pretty easy to tweak those things for me. Yeah. No, I get it. Well, well, well I think the hard part about it, uh, Jerry Byrne, is that unfortunately it keeps people from wanting to be vulnerable uh-huh. with others and, and develop new relationships because they're so afraid and so guarded about what a person will say. Uh, if they, you know, disclose to them, hey, when I was younger, I used to be a bully or I used to have an addiction or things of the nature. They're so afraid of what somebody will disclose that they don't develop new relationships because they don't want people to know things about them that they can use against them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the hard part because most of the people that you meet and unfortunately, well, fortunately, most of the people that you will meet in your life will do right by you. They, they will have good intentions. Uh, and they're not gonna they're not gonna care enough about what you got going on to pay attention enough of it to it to try to blackmail you. But it's not the it's not the it's not the seven or eight people that we meet that 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 we worry about. It's the one or two people that we meet that can use that information to be harmful with it that we spend our life guarding from. So unfortunately, in order to keep from having those one or two bad people in our life, we usually you know put up walls that keep the eight or nine other really good people in our life mm-hmm. from coming in. So it's it's just hard. That's a great point. It really is. But, you know, Dewan, where does this behavior come from? Does, um, you know, does it start in childhood? Are we, are we supposed to blame it on our mothers like we blame, blame everything else on? <laughs> well, <laughs> So sick of people I mean, blaming their mothers. Oh, I mean, burn, it, 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 it can play a role in it. I think that uh, a lot of – well, there's several, several factors, right? I think that, you know, insecurity can be a reason for, um, for controlling behaviors for sure if you think of somebody – who is insecure, um, they may, in a relationship, may try to control you in order to make them feel good about themselves. It could be anxiety. I think a lot of controlling behaviors come from anxiety. If I can control the outcomes, then I don't have to worry about the outcome, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and a lot of our anxiety, unfortunately, is witness behaviors, learned behaviors, so we've learned it from our parents. We've seen yeah. our parents control everything. Where are you at? Where are you going? What are you doing? 
who you with. You need to wash the dishes this way. You need to do things this way. And so as a result, we think it's normal, and we pass that on to our relationships. We pass it on to our children and things of that nature. But a lot of times what we see, at least in a therapy space, is, you know, we've always talked about the different attachment styles, secure, fearful, um, anxious, and uh, dismissive. And what you see a lot of in insecure attachment, uh, which is anxious attachment, you see a lot of um, people who are controlling. And they're trying to control you because they rely on you for uh, reassurance. They try to rely, they rely on you for self-soothing. And so if you're not around or you're not with them, they don't get that same sense of love and comfort. So a lot mm-hmm. of, hey, when are you coming back? Uh, you know, who are you with? And things of that nature. They're so afraid of you leaving them. They try mm-hmm. to put barriers to keep you you know, to keep you around. And so you see a lot of that in your different attachment styles as well. Which can be very suffering, uh, suffocating, and it may actually do more harm than good. It makes the person want to run from that person. What about abandonment, abandonment issues? You said insecurity and then anxiety or fear. What about abandonment? Is that something that uh, this behavior comes from or could be a cause yeah. of it? Yeah, Vern, I want you to think about it like this. I want, and I want to kind of create a, a little picture for us to think about. If just say, for instance, you're an adult, and it, it, we don't even think about relationships. Just think about, I mean, not romantic relationships, just, just any relationship, friendships or anything. Just say, for instance, you've moved a lot, right? You've mm-hmm. moved a lot. You've been in and out of friendship. You've had a parent or two come in and out of your life. You've never had a, a real secure uh, um, a foundation. And so now as you get older, Part of your uh, abandonment issues is that you're so afraid of people leaving you or replacing you that when you have a best friend, you get you get upset when you are jealous when your best friend gets a new friend. Oh, yeah. I've had that happen to me. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I think I always make that stipulation to my friends. Yeah. You're not allowed to have any other friends but me. It's it comes off as controlling. It is controlling. But really, it's a fear of abandonment. I fear that I'm not good enough. So once you find somebody else, you will leave me behind. And so mm-hmm. you see that show up in relationships. You see that show up in a lot of different areas in life because that person is so insecure about themselves that they have to control a person in order to keep them to stay. Yeah. Anything you want to say, Jerry? <laughs> oh, Anything no, else? that's, I was, yeah. I was just getting earlier. I, yeah, that, that can, I'm I, not I, really I, like that. I do. I, do. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Um, <laughs> But no, I, I, I can totally understand that. I have um, I have issues like that too. You know, I mm-hmm. I I get attached to people, and and I have those irrational fears that I'm going to be replaced or I'm going to do mm-hmm. something and it's going to make them go away or you know. Mm-hmm. I've had that yeah. my whole life. You know, I, I don't want to blame it on my mother, but you know, I. Well, she, you my, did have my my life as a as a, as a child was not great or easy. Yeah, yeah. No, you're making me think of somebody else I know, and and their parent, their you know, parents coming in and out of their world. You know, that's not healthy for a child. I have to say, I was so blessed. My mom and dad, they gave. We didn't have a lot of money, but the tools that they put in my toolbox, and no matter what happened to our family, mom and dad loved each other. They were home at night. Um, you, I'd see them dancing in the living room. You know, just truly uh, connected, and they loved and respected one another, and both had careers and. I don't know. When you have that, it's 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 the greatest gift I think you could give a child. Truly, is that stability, or even if you're divorced, uh, you know, still uh, being united when it comes to the children. Would you agree with that, uh, Dewan? That that's important. I would agree, uh, uh, 
you know, 100%. I think that most studies on child development shows the importance of giving kids a consistent, stable uh, life, right? And so, yes, Vern, we would love for all parents to stay married. And sometimes we understand that it doesn't work out. But how do we still maintain a level of consistency and predictability for kids? Think about it. As adults, we like the fact that we know when we go to work, we know when we get off, we know when we're going to get paid. We typically know our schedules. We know when our kids got out of school. We know that. Kids need the same thing. They need the same mm-hmm. level of predictability in their life. They don't need to worry about, well, am I going to be at this school this semester or at another school? Am I going mm-hmm. to be at, at mom's today or dad's? No, give them some sense of predictability, and it makes them start to trust the world. But when you yeah. are constantly in an unstable environment, you don't trust anything. You don't trust that something will be there today and tomorrow. So you start to question everything, and I think it can become very harmful when parents aren't considering um, giving their kids stability. And I know it's hard, and trust me, it's hard. I was raised in the inner city. My mom was young when she had me, and so things weren't always good. But she tried to make sure we knew where she was, we knew where we were going to be, and we had some level of predictability in our day-to-day growing up. Makes a big difference. Um, You know, I'm looking at the clock. We're going to go for a quick break. Everyone stay tuned. How to Spot Controlling People, 13 Behaviors to Look For with Dewan Bennett. Uh, You can find him at his website, dbennettcounseling.com, and that's B-E-N-N-E-T-T, dbennettcounseling.com. We'll be right back. You are listening to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. Crazy Waters benefits have a history that runs deep. The legend is that in 1881, a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long. People began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore. Had the well gotten rid of her crazies? The well became known as the Crazy Well and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous mineral water company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. Welcome back to One Life Radio, everyone. Loving the music, Jerry. Uh, Everyone, this is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Dewan Bennett. We are continuing our live broadcast from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We're speaking with Dewan Bennett uh, about how to spot controlling people, 13 behaviors to look for. So what are some of the common examples, Dewan, of controlling behavior? I think some of the common ones that you see is a person kind of always kind of asking you where you're going and what you're doing, uh, things of that nature. Um, Somebody who's probably always kind of making the decisions in your relationship. You know, they're like calling all the shots. They're, you know, um, determining where you guys stay, where you go, who, you know, who are the people you hang out with, uh, things of that nature. Um, Someone Mm -hmm. who is not respectful of your boundaries. Um, to me is a, a red flag that somebody is trying to take some sense of control, you know, of you by never really listening to your boundaries and things of that nature. Something that I think is common and seems very endearing uh, in a relationship makes you feel like loved and supported, especially if you have abandonment issues. It's somebody who's kind of always just constantly checking in. 
You know, you spend mm-hmm. a lot of time on FaceTime. Like you're out with your friends. They're always calling you. They want to be on FaceTime. They want, you know, to see who's around, where you at, where you're going, what you're doing. Although it seems good because their partner, it seems like they care and they're checking in. It's an opportunity to control mm-hmm. you because it starts to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. just going out because yeah. you're out with your girls, but you're always on the phone with the guy the whole time. You know, right. and, 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 yeah. and they're not even talking about anything, Byrne. They're just breathing on the phone. Oh. I've seen it happen, you know. Uh, yeah, and you're like, WTF, like, why do you keep calling me, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, it, 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 but it is, it, there's so many things. Picking unnecessary fights is on this list. And by the way, I want to give credit to the author of this article, Sarah Reagan. Uh, she is the author of this. Uh, and uh, where did you, we pulled this from mindbodygreen.com and yeah, Sarah Reagan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they and have it, a lot of great articles, they do. Picking fights is, 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 a, is, is a real good one, Burn, but I think one of the ones that we probably see that's really uh, common, or two of them, is the controlling your spending and isolating you. And then when I say someone oh, who yeah. isolates you, they seem to have a reason to have an issue with every single friend that you have. Anybody mm-hmm. that's close to you, yep. they find a reason to not like them, or they find yep. a reason to like have an issue with something they've done. And what happens is they never tell you, you shouldn't hang with that friend. What they tell you was, well, I don't really like that friend. I don't really like being around right. him. But you can be around him as much as you want. But mm-hmm. I, I really don't want to be around him. And what that means is now, okay, the friend can't come over to the house. So you can't really do things with your friend and your partner because your partner doesn't like them. And over time, they it's continuously a- find reasons to isolate you from other people. Oh, yeah. That's a huge red flag uh, for all the women out there listening, like and men, too. But especially I think men are more guilty of this than women. I don't know. Maybe I have a little bias there because I am a woman. But I've experienced this this before. It's like, what do you mean? You don't like all any of my friends. Who do you like? You know, it's 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 so controlling. And it's and it's a huge red flag. Just going to tell you, anybody that does that to you, it is a huge red flag. Um, can it be turned around? All this stuff, can it be turned around, Dewan? Or is this person just going to be like this the rest of their life? I think it depends, right? Um, you know, I can admit on air that, you know, when I was young and in, in my late teens, early 20s, I was controlling because I didn't even know what it really? was. I remember, uh-huh. I remember like, you know, having girlfriends and saying, hey, like, why are you wearing that? You know, you shouldn't wear that just because I didn't want them wearing things that I felt like in my mind maybe were too revealing, but not really. It was something that made them feel good about themselves. Right. And so I mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. when you're when you're when you're younger and you may not have an idea of what's going on, that you, there's an opportunity to turn around. I, I would believe I'm far from controlling that. My wife would probably tell you I'm not controlling at all. Um I think, though, there are some people who are doing it on purpose. I mean, you know, gaslighting is a part of this. You know, uh, people who have narcissistic personality disorder, that is a part of this. And so there are some people, unfortunately, who may never really change behavior. But I think it definitely can be turned around. But don't assume that a person will stop being controlling simply because they told you they would, but they haven't shown you any behaviors that made you feel like, you know, hey, they're going to change. Yeah. Did you say borderline personality disorder? I couldn't hear the first word. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I said, uh, I, well, borderline personality disorder, can, can you can see some controlling aspects in that because, you know, borderline personality disorder uh, has a strong sense of abandonment. 
But I, I, I said narcissistic personality disorder. My apologies. Oh, narcissistic. Okay, okay. So speaking of that, okay, so on this list of, of some common examples of controlling behavior, we, we talked about calling the shots, disrespecting mm-hmm. privacy and boundaries, constantly checking in, picking oh, picking unnecessary fights, control controlling your spending, isolating mm-hmm. you. What about guilt tripping you? That's on this list. How, what does that look like? I, I think guilt tripping and, and picking fights kind of go in the same category. Let me tell you kind of how it how it happens, Bird. You're you're getting all dressed up. You've spent two hours in the mirror getting your hair done and your makeup. You're trying to go out for a night on the town with the girls. And all of a sudden your partner wants to come and start nagging you about things and uh mm. while you're in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. They they're coming and they're uh-huh. bringing problems to you. They're gonna guilt trip you because you didn't you know, you didn't you forgot to warm up the kids bottle before you left. Or there was something that you didn't do that they have an issue with. And the real the reality is they could wait to bring it up later or they could ignore it. But they want to ruin your night. They want to make it yep. so you don't go out and have fun. And, again, they don't want to ever yep. say you shouldn't go out and have fun. They're going to present problems. So when you see things like that, somebody's guilt tripping you, they're trying to make you feel guilty for possibly not engaging in, in, in sexual intercourse with them or – um, they're trying to guilt trip you from, you know, taking more time in the mirror than spending time watching TV with them before you leave. They're looking for a reason to guilt trip you to make you feel guilty so that you don't do the thing that they don't want you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts, Jerry? <laughs> I have a lot I can say, but I'm trying to reserve <laughs> for the <laughs> reserve for the expert like you, Dewan. <laughs> I'm I'm just listening and going over in yeah. my head all the people I've been with and going yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Why is this so common, though? Why is it so common? And I have to say, you know, I, 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 I a thought popped in my head about this girl that I used to be friends with, and she would always gussy up before she would go out. And this is in the defense of men, right? I almost think she did it intentionally just to, like, get them upset, you know, because she didn't gussy up that much when she went out. <laughs> out with him gussy is a word <laughs> i don't know gussy. in california <laughs> they know gussy but here in texas gussy up you know who taught me that word is uh, uh oh my gosh she's long she's long gone a dear friend of mine uh ramona mathis was her name um god bless and rest her soul but she was funny and she had sisters called honey and sugar and she was a texas treasure indeed but uh but yeah she used to you know and she would always tell me this honey don't buy two dollar dresses my mother used to t- tell me don't don't buy $2 dresses because if you buy $2 dresses, he's going to always expect you to buy $2 dresses, you know? So <laughs> she told me a lot of stuff. That sounds like corporate there's, budgeting 101. <laughs> corporate budgeting. There, there's, there, there's some truth to that, right? There, there's some truth to that. And and I think, in it, I think people tend to, whatever you give them in the beginning is what they tend to expect uh-huh. um, throughout their relationship. And I think yeah. that also is used as a means of, of control in a sense like I think you know we talked about guilt trip and you see guilt tripping often happen when it comes to oh or you know like you don't give me compliments anymore or you don't think I'm pretty enough or I'm sexy or you don't touch me or things of that nature you're looking for a reason to control a person to get them Mm -hmm. to do the thing that you want them to do but Mm -hmm. instead of asking for it or saying hey you know I would love you know for you to give me more compliments you kind of make it a complaint and try to make them feel bad about it instead of just asking for it. And, yeah. and that becomes extremely hard. 
Well, and I think personality differences make a big difference. Like, I'm a Sagittarius, okay? One of the things I value the most is my personal freedom. I love to be free as a bird. That doesn't mean I can't commit. When I'm in love, I commit wholly. But I'm not, uh, I like to be free as a bird. I like my freedom to do and be myself. And we all should be that way. Um, but aren't there, aren't there certain personality types that should never, like, mi- mix, <laughs> you know, or mate <laughs> or get married? <laughs> I, I don't know, but there's, it's tricky, right? Because, you know, they say opposites attract. And I think that we are usually drawn to people that have characteristics or qualities that we don't believe we have in ourselves. I do think, hmm. though, that you should always be mindful of, like, what you value as far as that's who is part of what's part of your core. To where, again, you know, if we're thinking about just certain personality types, you think of an extrovert and an introvert. There are some aspects of introverts and extroverts where it just won't match. If you have somebody who's a hyper extrovert and they spend a lot of time outside, they're never really in the home, they're always hanging with friends, they're, you know, going out, engaging in their hobbies, they're just really not a homebody at all. That was yeah. me. And then, you, and then mm. you have somebody who is an extreme introvert. They love being at home, cuddled up in, the, nuzzled up in their bed, reading a book, in front of the fireplace, taking a bath with a glass of wine things of that nature, that relationship is going to have a lot of conflict because mm-hmm. both parties to a certain degree may want their other person to do the same thing that they're doing when really they're totally complete opposite. They're at the opposite end of the spectrum. And so it's going to be hard to find a middle ground for that, for that couple. Yeah. Ah, this is great discussion. It is. I hope everybody out there listening is enjoy it, enjoying it. We're going to go for a quick break. Everyone stay tuned. Uh, more coming up with Dewan Bennett, myself, and Jerry. You are listening to One Life Radio. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com. Hey, everyone, I have to share a story about how amazing TerraFlora Advanced Care is for gut health. So my friend Liz contracted a debilitating intestinal bacterial infection about a month ago. Her doctor told her she could have died if left untreated. He prescribed a strong antibiotic that treated her infection, but unfortunately left her with terrible stomach bloating along with other intestinal issues. I recommended that she take TerraFlora Advanced Care to help her replenish the good gut bacteria lost by taking the antibiotic. Liz said she could tell the difference in her gut immediately after taking the advanced care. Her stomach bloating went away and she could feel her gut working the way it's supposed to. She says TerraFlora Advanced Care has been a game changer and she won't go without it. I hear stories like this all the time about TerraFlora Advanced Care and all the TerraFlora probiotics. I have been taking them for years myself and I encourage everyone to visit Enviromedica.com to see their full line of probiotics and find the one that's right for you. That's Enviromedica.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Dewan Bennett. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. I want to make a quick announcement here that I will be attending the free event at the DMA. That's the um, Dallas Museum of Art, the Pure Bliss of Tantra. It's a free talk and a guided meditation on Saturday, February 11th. It starts at 2 o'clock. As I said, it's at the uh, DMA. That's the Dallas Museum of Art. Uh, Museum of Art and Buddhist monk, again, Kelsang Menla, 
Is it, he's an American Buddhist monk and has studied under the guidance of the renowned Buddhist teacher, the Venerable Geshe Geslang Gayatso. I hope I pronounced that right <laughs> for over 20 years. And we will be there. And I can't wait. I went to one of their guided meditations downtown uh, back a couple of weeks ago, and it was amazing. It was really amazing. So I encourage everyone to put it on their calendar Saturday, February 11th at 2 p.m. at the D uh, Dallas Museum of Do that. Blah. <laughs> Dallas. The Dallas Museum what of Art. What is wrong with me? Oh my God. Dallas Museum of weather. Art. It's, I don't know. Well, we, I've been off the air. This whole week has been so crazy. We did a show Monday, then we had to play a best of on Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And so, yeah, every, everything's a little. Uh, disrupted this week, but it's at 717 North Harwood Street in Dallas, Texas. Anyway, I just wanted to get that out. Let's get back to this uh, topic today, how to spot controlling people, 13 behaviors to look for. Okay, so Dewan, how should someone respond to a controlling person? Let's start with a romantic partner and move to a friend or a parent or a child. How should, how well, should someone respond? I think, at, at, you know, for all of these, one important thing is going to be boundaries. But I think specifically when you're talking about a, a romantic partner, one, we want to make sure that there's no abuse. Because there, if there is abuse, you know, my recommendation is get out of the relationship, get some help, you know, um, try to get out of that immediately. But if you have a partner who they are willing to maybe acknowledge that they have some ways about themselves that could come off as controlling and they're, they're willing to, to, to make some changes, sit down and have a discussion with them. I think mm -hmm. trying to make some time to talk about them is, is really important. Uh, uh, licensed therapist Rachel Wright has a really good uh, way of, uh, of kind of guiding that conversation. One is, A, acknowledge, right? Acknowledge what's happening. Hey, let's talk about what's happening. Hey, when I'm out with my friends and you're calling me a lot, um, with the emotion associated with that, the emotion associated with that is I feel overwhelmed. I, I, I feel a little anxious. And then offer some solutions, right? So acknowledge the issue, you know, explain the emotion, and then maybe offer some solutions on things you can do or they can do when you're out with your friends. Hey, instead of you calling me while I'm there, maybe give me a call. I'll give you a call as I'm walking in, and then maybe I'll give you a call when I'm away from my friends and I'm headed back home just so you know that I'm headed there and I'm safe. I think give people some solutions on what will make you feel more comfortable and see if they're willing to receive that. I think that can be really important. Mm -hmm. No, I would agree. What about a friend? What if you have a friend that's very controlling? I think with a friend, you just kind of have to go out and, and express and communicate to them uh, honestly what your concerns are. If you have a friend and your friend seems to be kind of overwhelming, they're always at your house. They always want you to do things with them. Uh, they get upset with you if you're not talking to them or replying to their text. I think you should let them know how you're feeling, what's going on in your mind, and request some space. I think a lot of times we assume that people know what they're doing and what they're doing is wrong, and we, sh we should give them at least the benefit of, of the doubt enough to communicate with them. And I think when you communicate with somebody, you're at least giving them the opportunity to make the change because they know what's on your mind and they know what's expected. Mm -hmm. And what about a parent? If you've got a very parents controlling parent. Yeah. Parent, parents are a little harder because these are the people who gave birth to you. They brought you into this world. Uh, if you are raised in a controlling uh, household, for them it's normal. So I think with, 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 with parents, strong and firm boundaries are going to be really important, and you have to be able to be assertive. You have to be willing to communicate with your partner, I mean with your parents. Let them know what's going on. Let them know what issues are bothering you, and, and you have to let them know. And I, I don't think this just means 
adults who are talking to their parents. I think kids, too. I think when you are of, of the teenage uh, age and you can express and articulate to your parents how you're feeling about the behaviors and what's going on, mm-hmm. schedule a meeting with them. Say, hey, I'd like to have a family meeting. I want to talk to you guys about something. And make sure you're able to let them know how you feel. So use I language, I feel, things of that nature so your parents mm-hmm. have a better understanding of what's going on. Well, and what if you have a, have a child that's controlling, that's trying to control you as an adult? I mean, well, you're the adult, and that your child says, you know, I, you know, the, the kids do it. They do try to control their parents, just like parents try to control their children, I think. I've experienced that. Oh, I think so. You see it all the time, right? I, I don't think this is a, an abnormal thing. I think I think the same kind of conversation that you would have with your parent, uh, you would have as a parent talking to your adult. You find a time to talk with them, sit them down, reaffirm your boundaries. Hey, this is my boundary. You know, because here's an issue where you may see kids trying to interfere with their parents. Parents, are, they're remarried or they got a divorce and they're dating again. And now all mm-hmm. of a sudden those adult children want to interfere in mom's new relationship or dad's new relationship mm-hmm. and, you know, like, like interview the person or kind of, you know, be disrespectful. I think that's when parents have to step in and reaffirm their boundaries, make sure the kids understand that they are uncomfortable with the way that they're treating them and acting towards them. And then sometimes give them other solutions and things that they can do to better protect their parents, but also let their parents be free and adults and make autonomous decisions on their own. Mm-hmm. And so, Dewan, to wrap this up, and we've got about we've got about three minutes, three and a half minutes. Uh, what's the bottom line on on this topic of how to spot controlling people and thirteen behaviors I, to look for? I think the the, the 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 bottom line is this: it's hard sometimes to really really understand if this person is controlling me or are they trying to love on me? What's going on here? You know, and I think you have to start once you. Well, I always tell people. Boundaries is a line that exists between what makes you feel comfortable and uncomfortable. So Mm -hmm. once you start to feel overwhelmed, when you start to feel uncomfortable, that's the time to have the conversation. So it's very important to make sure that, you know, what you're in is a situation that a person is willing to make some adjustments. If you're in a situation where you start to feel this fear, this person, and you start to realize and understand that you're manipulating and they're manipulating you on purpose, I think you have to evaluate if that is a healthy relationship for you to be in or not. Mm-hmm. No relationship that is healthy should be, uh, should be based on fear. Fear mm. is not love. And so you should always be careful about what, what type of relationship you're in. Well, and, uh, you know, um, a manipulation, this is part of it, right? Man- manipulation is what that's how you kind of spot it, right? Uh, because if somebody wants to, they, th- those two behaviors, control and manipulation, go hand in hand, right? A hundred percent, right? Because one of the ways that I control you without seeming controlling is I manipulate you. So I have mm-hmm. to do things in a very passive way in order to get you to see things from my perspective. And I think manipulation is is the need and the desire to always be right. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, you know, what you see with gaslighting, I, I need to be right. I need you to do the things that I want you to do. So I'm going to find ways to always manipulate you, whether mm-hmm. I bring in other friends to support my belief systems or I find ways to make scenarios uncomfortable for you. I think when you see these signs, you have to feel comfortable with exiting. You have to feel comfortable with just saying, Hey, this doesn't work for me and walking away. Whether it's a friendship or whether it's a family member or a a romantic relationship, you have to be comfortable with walking away because they don't think you will leave. They won't ever stop. Yeah. 
We got the two two minute warning, so we've got about a, a minute here because you know gaslighting. You, that's a word that's and narcissist, right? That's thrown around mm-hmm. like a spaghetti. <laughs> I mean, it's a, <laughs> you know that's a famous book, spaghetti, spaghetti. Anyway, I just popped out of my head. But gaslighting, can you give us quickly a really good example? Because I think a lot of people don't understand what gaslighting really is. What is a great example of someone being gaslit? I think one of the best examples of being gaslit is. Someone who is constantly trying to make you feel as if uh, something that you've seen or you witnessed didn't happen. So you're talking to one of your par- your partners and, you, you know, and they say, you say to them, hey, well, last week we were supposed to go out on a date and you never showed. And they're like, no, we weren't supposed to go anywhere. So they're constantly trying to make you feel as if the things that happened to you didn't happen. They're trying to make you seem like you're crazy or you don't know what you're talking about yeah. or you yeah. can't remember all right. Well, it's been great. Gosh, it went by too fast, though. Dewan Bennett, everyone. dbennettcounseling.com or on Instagram. d.bennett underscore counseling. Two N's, two T's. Thanks again, Dewan. We'll talk to you next month. Take care. Thank you. You guys have a great one. You too. Dewan Bennett, everyone. Love that guy. All right. I got to wrap this up. Jerry, are you ready? You get one body. You get one mind. And you get one life. Jerry? Um, <laughs> go out there and do something cool with it. There you go. There you go. Be cool. Be cool. Chillax. (laughs) 